Today's reading is from John 8, 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching and you are really my disciples, I'm sorry, I'm going to try to get <laughs> If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is the word of the Lord. Does everyone have a handout? Okay, I've got some handouts for you guys. We're going to go through together. So hi, if I've not met you before, my name is Tom, and I'm really glad that you are here with us. We are teaching through some new practices that we're going to be installing and hopefully uh, following along with as a community as we are gathering back together again. And uh, last week, we talked about the importance of coming together. Oh, I can take my mask off, can I? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Um, should I just start over? Was I just mumbling the entire time before? Hi, I'm Tom. We're coming together. These are some new practices. But last week we were talking about the importance of coming together because if we're honest, you and I are prone to wander away from God and away from other people. And so we're talking through some practices that are going to kind of hopefully keep us formed and shaped by the gospel story, keep us close together in community, but also, most importantly, close to God. And so today what we're going to talk about is confession. And uh, it's interesting because finding the truth these days with our phones and the internet and millions of news sources is an interesting endeavor. Anyone else experienced that? Like, I don't know, I read this and you read this and what's actually true? So where do you look? Who do you trust? And what if I don't like what I find? Can I just find an alternative source that will tell me what I want to hear? But as Jillian just read to us, Jesus tells us that the truth has a purpose. It sets us free. And we ultimately find that truth in God's kingdom, in his word, and who he is. Ultimately, in Jesus, we find the truth. But how do we implement truth saying, speaking the truth to one another, speaking the truth about God, ourselves, and the world into our gatherings together? This is where this new practice of biblical confession comes in. And so practicing this on Sunday mornings will be something that we're going to be hopefully kneading into the dough of all that we're doing in our groups, in community groups, in discipleship groups, and hopefully it trickles all the way down just into your friendships in general, where confession becomes a more normal part of our lives. And just a brief word here, because obviously there's different faith traditions that practice confession in all kinds of different ways, but ultimately what we're doing in every tradition is confessing typically sin to God, not to a priest or to, to just to one another, but ultimately to God. Because biblically, we see that we only have one mediator, and that is Jesus Christ. But we do see all throughout the New Testament, this practice of mutual confession, of confessing sin, but also confessing truth to one another. We see this in James 5 and Ephesians 4. And one of the many benefits of this is that it's an embodied experience. You know, when we're confessing sin to God, it's, it's good and that's important. But there's something about when I confess sin to someone who knows me, an actual physical body, and they, they hopefully will say, hey, it's okay, God forgives you and I forgive you. They don't move away from me. There's something about the truth of who God is embodied in that person that we're, we're hopefully going to be practicing together. So we are confessing to another human being in that place of, of, of practicing mutual confession in, in our church time together. So this is an ongoing practice. Obviously, in coming to Jesus, we repent of our sin. 
we, in, we, we lay down our lives for him, we enter into his kingdom, but this is not something that we just do one, it's not a one and done type of deal. This should, this should be an ongoing practice, and this is actually a gift to us to be able to confess our sin. So before we dive into some, like how we're actually going to be practicing that, I just want to pray for us. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Father, Son, Spirit, we are humbled by your presence here with us. Thank you for the way you've already been speaking. Thank you for the words that we got to sing, the truth that we got to proclaim to one another already this morning. And as we look at this practice of confession, we, I ask Lord that from start to finish, what I would be speaking would, would, would actually be the truth. And that in that space of, of proclaiming the truth, that people would be set free. And there would be a new, new ability to, to see for who you are, to see ourselves for who we are, and to see the world around us for what it is. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to keep, keep moving and speaking. I pray anything that I have prepared that's just for me, for my own flesh, that it would just fall away. And everything that's from you, Lord, and from your word and through your spirit would just ring true in our hearts and minds and on into our weeks and months and years to come. We worship you, Jesus. There is none like you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's look at confession. What do we, what do we mean here? The biblical New Testament word. You guys want to say some Greek together? Yeah, I can read this. Oh, John, go for it. Yeah, um, no. Okay. Oh, there we go. Exo, Exo. Molo, Molo. Geo. That means to confess, to agree, to praise, to promise, to consent, to admit, to profess, or to acknowledge. So the, the definition I came up for what, what that looks like here, how are we going to practice this, this art or this practice of confession? It's simply this, to acknowledge the truth about God, ourselves, and the world around us coming into alignment with reality. And this is, again, like how do we figure that out? It's, it's ultimately what we're doing, guys. We're trying to base everything in the scriptures, yeah. right? Not my interpretation of the scriptures or Klaus's or Josh's or Kevin's or Jess's or whoever else, but what is God saying in his word? And obviously we have to do this with a large amount of humility. Yeah. And so right away, I want us to think through this whole art of, of confession. And there's two lanes we can go to. And, and, and say we're, we're trying to acknowledge the truth about God, or we realize something, we're convicted about something about God or ourselves, we could go down the path of, say, this side, sorry guys, this is the path of pride. No offense, Jess, I'm not talking about you being the prideful one. Or on this side, the path of humility. So C.S. Lewis, I mean, this is a brilliant explanation of pride. Pride is the complete anti-God state of mind. And this goes, if we think about sin in general, we think about Adam and Eve in the garden. What they're saying is, hey, God, I know better than you. Let me be God. And so we could, we could have that. Say some, some, some conviction comes about the, a way that we're living our lives. And we're like, hey, maybe, maybe what I'm doing is actually not right. It doesn't line up with God's kingdom. We have the choice to go and, and take that with pride and say, actually, no, maybe, maybe I'm right. And what I interpret about the situation is, is more correct than God. Because, you know, what he said was that was like thousands of years ago. And. It's not 2020 when this was written, and so I have, to, I have to kind of process it through this lens now. Or we can go down the path of humility, and we can say, listen, I'm, I have this embodied awareness and a submission to God that I'm going to take him at his word, and I'm going to prefer his way over my own. And there's a, there's a, there's a level of dying to ourselves in that path, and there's a, there's a way of exalting ourselves in this path of, path of pride. So I want us to think through those two things as we're thinking about confession. 
and we're, we're thinking about the truth about God. Are we going to walk down the path of pride, our own interpretation of the world and how it goes, this anti-God state of mind, or through the path of humility, where in our, to the best of our ability, we're trying to be super aware of God's presence, of his word, of his way, that we want to see his rule established in our lives and walking the path of humility that we see ultimately in Jesus, right? Okay, you guys doing okay? This feels so weird. Yeah, we're doing great, bro. All right, I won't ask again. <laughs> so the first thing, guys, and we, we, we talked about this already this morning, we want to start always with God, not with ourselves. Right? That's, that's a good way to, to get off on the humble path, is what is the truth about God? And so in the New Testament, we see this in Philippians 2, 11, this whole confession about the truth about God. It says this, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that's where we're heading. All, all creation is heading to this realization and revelation that Jesus is Lord, that he is king of the kingdom, that his kingdom is coming, it's going to fill up all the earth. And so we want to we acknowledge that truth about God first and foremost always, about his character, about his plans, about his purpose, about what he determines good and right and beautiful. A.W. Tozer said this, you guys have heard this quote many times, I'm sure, if you've been around. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So how we're going to practice that to the best of our, our ability here in our community is we're going to confess the truth about God by reading things like the Apostles' Creed together, where, where there's, these, there's these ancient truths that, faith, that our faith has been built on for years and years and years that we're going to proclaim together as we speak those words out, we're trusting that it does something to our hearts and minds, our spirits, that they're being reformed and reshaped more in line to Jesus and his kingdom. We're going to confess the truth about God as we read scripture together, as we learn from the word together, but also as people come up and share the truth of God's word, right? Everything we're talking about is rooted and grounded in this book here, this, the scriptures. So that's how we, one of the ways that we confess the truth about God is through scripture and also, we're going to do uh, a lot more work in thinking and examining the songs that we're singing. One of the things that we're, re like we're realizing, and I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, this is just kind of in having some time and space to process what we're doing. A lot of the songs that we sing are about us. They're not actually not about God. We're confessing what we're going to do for God and how you know, we're going to be this and we're going to be that. But what if we came in together and sang songs starting with first and foremost, confessing the truth about who God is? I think that would change things. It would change the way that we see our world, the way that we see ourselves, the way that we see God. Am I feeding back? Okay. So that's one of the ways. We're going we're to make a concerted effort to, to be selective about the songs that we're singing so that they're proclaiming and confessing the truth about God first and foremost. So that's one of the ways. The next thing, guys, we're going to do is we're going to confess the truth about ourselves. Sorry, I'm going to go back to the truth about God. When we, when, we, when we take the time and energy and effort to humbly confess the truth about God, what that does is we're going we're gonna to learn how to take God a lot more seriously than we do in the past. Because I think the more we get to know God, the more we're going to be blown away by his holiness, by his majesty, by the, the beauty of his kingdom. You know, there's an old song that when we turn our eyes upon Jesus, the things of this earth, this earth go strangely dim. I think that even our old perception of who God is, it's going to fade away and we're going to have a greater revelation of who God is. And we're going to take him a lot more seriously. So moving on to the truth about us. 
This is from 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Two quotes. This one I love. Confession is good for the soul, but bad for your reputation. Dallas Willard. And Augustine says this. Confession of evil works is the first beginning of good works. And so confessing the truth about ourselves is a obviously a humbling experience, right? Anyone love to own up to, or fess up to things that they've done wrong? No, no one does. Anyone, any, any of us, if we're honest, don't enjoy that. But what we see, even what we were singing about this morning, there's this opportunity to experience God's forgiveness and grace in a deeper way. Because what we do when we're, when we're learning to confess our own shortcomings, our own failure, our own brokenness, that when we're coming to grips with the depths of that, the, the, the reciprocation or what God gives us in turn is a, a deeper revelation of his mercy and grace. So we're trading in our sin and we're receiving this beautiful mercy and grace as we're owning up to things. Because we want to be people who are not delusional, right? We want, if, we're, if we're talking about confession being this, this uh, coming into alignment with reality, we have to be honest with the fact that we sin, right? We all fall short of the glory of God. There are things that we do that are, are less than what God has in mind for us as his children. And that's okay. I do it. You do it. Everyone that's going to walk these doors ever in the history of the world sins. And so how do we learn to confess the truth about us and our own sin? How do we take our sin more seriously? I said this a few weeks ago in a sermon. The more, we need to take God seriously. The more seriously we take God, the more seriously we'll take our own sin. So how, do we, how are we going to confess the truth about ourselves? Are we going to have each person come up and do a deep dive into their history? No, not at all. Not at all. We're gonna, there's going to be different things that we're going to do. And we're not, just to be clear, we're not going to do all of these things every week, but these are some of the rhythms that we're going to try to build into us as a community. What we're going to do is we're going to have some time for a guided prayer and reflection and time for you yourself to personally confess to God what you've done. The ways that you've fallen short in loving him and loving others and living in his kingdom. Then we're going to have time for, to, to confess together, a guided prayer together. And then what we're going to do is we're going to make sure every time that there's this assurance of pardon from the scriptures, reminding us of as we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of all and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So that's, that's a coming into reality. That's a lining up with God and his way and the truth about ourselves. So as we take God more seriously will in some ways begin to take ourselves less seriously. And hear, hear me out on that. There's this ability to, sometimes I think we can think that we have to hold it all together. We have to be God. We have to be perfect. We have to be sinless. But the more we're aware of, of God's grace and forgiveness, his perfection and holiness, the more we're going to realize, man, I am not God. But the more we're going to be able to see as we confess our sin to God and to one another, the more freedom we're going to have to actually be changed and shaped by God. Because in that, we're walking down the path of humility rather than the path of pride. God, all throughout the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So as we confess our sin to God, as we confess our sin to one another, that's the opportunity for God to move in and to reshape us and to reform us and to mold us more into the image of Jesus. And then finally, we're going to learn to confess the truth about our world. Jesus, this is from John 18, verse 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. 
All of us guys, if we're honest, we are inundated day in, day out with this invitation to live in the world. And scripturally, it talks about God not wanting to pull us out of the world. We're, we're to live in the world, but we're to live differently. We're to live with a different king. There's another king, and his name is Jesus. And we're living that out right here, right now in our, in our worlds, in our workplaces, at school, in our neighborhoods, um, at the grocery store. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, as we come together, we're going to be reminding ourselves through, through the teaching and through singing and through all this stuff that, right, my allegiance is to God. And so my value system has to look different than the world around me. It's different. As we are people who are coming into alignment with God's rule and reign in our lives, it's going to look different than our neighbors. And that's a good thing. Years ago, Heather shared this picture of this house in Niagara Falls that it's built. It's actually built upside down. And it's on a street with houses that are all built, quote unquote, right side up. But then there's one that's upside down. And that's essentially what we're saying, that we are living under God's rule and reign. It's going to look upside down to the rest of the world around us. But that's that's what we want to kind of make the norm here is is living for God's kingdom and not for this world. First John 2, 5, 17 or 15 through 17. Let me read this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. So there's this whole like kind of we're going to learn how to kind of come come out of this trap or enticement to be consumeristic and to, to kind of fulfill our desires constantly and continually and learn how to seek first the kingdom of God together. And I want to be clear, when we're talking about the world, we're, I'm not saying we, we kind of huddle up and we, we kind of like we live separate from the world and we never talk to our neighbors because maybe they don't even go to church and they swear or something. But it's actually hopefully when, when we confess the truth about our world, we're going to realize how much our neighbors and the people around us need Jesus. They need forgiveness. They need the good news of the gospel. They need the invitation to live in God's kingdom here and now. So it's not that we're going to kind of become a weird cult that, that doesn't want anything to do with anything around us. But we're just kind of hopefully learning to cement this truth and this idea that we are actually learning to be disciples in a different kingdom than the world around us. And that's going to hopefully lead us out into the world to bring the good news of Jesus. How will we confess the truth about the world around us? I think most specifically and most importantly is just through prayer. Not through like man, gossiping about our neighbors or, or lamenting the state of the world, but just God, move. We need you. You are a God who is faithful and just proclaiming the truth that we see in the scripture in the form of prayer. Okay? That's how we're going to proclaim the truth and confess the truth about the world. And all of this, guys, the point of all of this, why are we going to do this? Does this even make sense? Are we just bored and want to change things up? No. The reward of doing this, of learning to confess the truth about God, ourselves, and the world around us is, is simply to, to know and be known by God and by other people. Deep down in all of us, we long to be known by God ultimately, maybe we don't even know it yet, but also by others. And that's sometimes and often what keeps us from confessing things about ourselves. If they know this about me, they're going to turn. They're gonna, not going to want to have anything to do with me anymore. But hopefully as God, as we kind of come to grips with God's grace and the truth about him and who he is, 
we'll be able to be a community of grace and forgiveness that confesses the truth about God, ourselves, and others. Amen. Amen.